0: Kent Online News.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.
0: Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you had a lovely weekend. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Monday, March the 28th, and 11 days after workers were sacked without notice, the fallout from p and decision continues. Today, bosses from two of their rivals have been meeting government officials. DFDS and Stenalines Lines are meeting ministers amid concerns about possible disruption over Easter, if PO ships are still unable to sail. It's now 11 days since sailings between Dover and Calais were suspended. While well, our business editor, Chris Britchard, joins me now. And Chris, after the pandemic, this Easter was probably going to be incredibly busy, wasn't
1: it? Hi, it certainly was. I mean, if you think about it, we've been unable to travel freely during any of the main holiday periods since the start of the pandemic back in March 2020. So there's an awful lot of pent up demand there. And of course, many thought it would be perhaps safer to take the ferry or the Eurotunnel over to the continent for an Easter break. It is, as we know, outside of summer, the most popular time for a holiday. So the cross-channel operators would have been praying for a good Easter season to recoup some of the money lost over the last two years.
0: We've also heard today that all ferry operators sailing from ports in the UK could be forced to pay at least the minimum wage in a bid to get P&O to reinstate its stacked staff. Can you explain this one for us and why ministers are looking to bring in legislation?
1: Well, very simply, it's to avoid any future repeat of the fiasco we've seen this month. Basically, all ferry companies will operate under the flag of a particular nation. And in P&O's case, that's Cyprus. The consequences being that they believe they are tied to the financial regulations of that nation p said they made the move due to Brexit and some t- tax breaks they could benefit from. But it's worth noting Cyprus doesn't have a statutory minimum wage, hence the reason they were able to bring in cheaper staff. What the government aims to do is introduce a law which would ensure that if you're operating in UK waters, then you pay the UK minimum wage. And that should stop a company like p being able to carry out the moves it has come into so much criticism
0: for. And the p and chief exec was under... Immense pressure last week to quit. Any update on him and his position today?
1: Peter Hebbelthwaite clings onto his position for now and is, one assumes, very deliberately keeping his head down. But the pressure on his position is growing. Even the Prime Minister Boris Johnson has said he should quit. We'll have to wait and see if he manages to cling onto his post or as I suspect it's slightly more likely he'll be forced to step down.
0: Thanks ever so much, Chris. We'll do, of course, stay with Kent Online for ongoing developments regarding this story. The Transport Secretary has also written a scathing letter to the boss of PO Ferries today demanding those 800 sacked employees are given their jobs back. Grant Shapps says Peter Hebblethwaite's positions become untenable. Kent Online News. Other top stories today and a man in his 30s has died after being pulled from the River Medway. Emergency services were called to St Peter's Street in Maidstone at around 6.30 on Saturday morning. We're told the death is not being treated as suspicious. Staff at the Uni of Kent have walked out in a row over pay, pensions and working conditions. Members of the University and College Union are striking for five days, affecting lectures at campuses in Canterbury and Medway. Third-year students aren't happy, saying the action has thrown their studies into chaos. COVID rates in parts of Kent have gone above the national average. More than 1,600 people in every 100,000 have tested positive in Thanet and Ashford. The average UK rate is currently 843 people. Now, a crunch meeting this week could decide if a project dubbed Kent's Answer to Disneyland will ever be built. It's 10 years since the idea of London Resort on the swanscombe peninsula was first announced in recent months though the bbc and itv have both pulled their links with the project with the land itself being named a site of special scientific interest well dartford mp gareth johnson has been speaking to our reporter sean delaney
2: at the moment we have an environmental habitat that exists there that's actually really vital for the local area for local wildlife it's uh, a very important sort of area, if you like, regionally for migrating birds and so on and you know initially the idea of a theme park was a a good one I supported it I thought that actually this could bring jobs to the area and it's become increasingly clear however that over the last 10 years jobs have actually been lost as a consequence of the theme park proposals because the businesses that exist on the peninsula now are unable to plan for the future and that has held them back and cost jobs so we've got to now look at what's the future for the Swanscombe Peninsula and I think that we can turn this into a local asset, not just for people today, but for future generations as well. And we can ensure that it's opened up so that local people could enjoy that for walks, for wildlife, just for, for local school children to learn and understand about the importance of wildlife. And that's not sort of an unrealistic aspiration. This is something with a small, modest amount of investment is really quite possible You know, to have this wonderful asset on our doorstep is something that we should see as an opportunity now to turn this into a place that we're all proud of, all enjoy visiting, and is vital for the local environment.
0: Gareth Johnson also recently withdrew his support for the idea. A six-month inquiry into the application is expected to start in April. A virtual meeting of planners and resort bosses is due to take place tomorrow. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. One of our most read stories today is that residents on an estate in Maidstone are worried they'll be become isolated as their junction is shut off. Cranbourne Avenue on the Shepway Estate leads onto the A229 Lose Road, but the route is being blocked as part of an experimental closure. We've been chatting to William, who lives in Marion Crescent. He reckons it's not been thought through properly.
3: My reaction is one of exasperation and total unbelief, because closing this junction is not going to solve the alleged problems at the Wheat Sheep Junction. They have failed to negotiate solutions to the main three contributing factors and they've closed this road instead which will give the residents in this area to the east side of the main road incredible difficulty in manoeuvring the narrow side roads which will have more and more traffic thrown upon them and that in itself is proving to be more difficult because getting onto the main road is virtually impossible because there are no traffic light controlled entrances within a mile and a half of this junction. One is a mile and a half that way the other one is a mile and a half that way and the problem is it's going to cause the residents in this area I don't think the council have really understood or the council don't want to understand And I really believe it's the latter because this decision is being made by people who don't know the area. We are the residents, we know the problems, but this decision is being made by people who live in Bairstead and other parts of the the, the county town without adequate knowledge of what it's like to live in this area. And I'd love to see those councillors come along and have a look for themselves first hand at this junction between eight o'clock and nine o'clock in the morning to see what the problems are but
4: do we see them no
0: meantime John lives in Hampshire drive he's also not convinced
4: it's not at all helpful for people living this road or uh, often people come up this road and go down onto the main road so it means we've got to make a big detour uh, either right round there up to Sutton road or down to Plains Avenue, and if you go to Plains Avenue and want to go into the town, you it's very difficult to turn right, otherwise you've got to go down Moat Park and then you've got busy, it makes that even busier, but it, it just virtually isolates this this part of the estate, it's not very good at all. A lot of people go down there and you get accused going to Cranbourne New Evans, so obviously they've got to go elsewhere. Uh, to get onto the main road. It just creates another problem elsewhere. It just sh- shifts the problem.
0: They were both speaking to our colleagues from KMTV. If you head to their section of Kent Online, you can watch the video report. This is all part of a wider plan for the junction surrounding the old Wheat Sheaf pub, which is due to be demolished and replaced with a roundabout. Council bosses say they will be seeking opinions from people in the area. At Kent Online today, you can see a picture of a large knife found near to a primary school in Raynham. The 20 inch hunting blade was discovered in Edwin Road, not far from Bryony School and Nursery, shortly before pupils were due to walk home. It's since been collected by police who say it'll most likely be destroyed. The Kent Online podcast has been told a third of children here in the southeast are worried about their family having enough money to live comfortably. Action for Children has carried out a major study as the cost of living crisis continues. Compared to a similar report in 2019, the charity's Found children here are increasingly concerned about family finances, along with their own mental health.
1: Kent Online reports.
0: Now, a Kent woman has spoken to the Kent Online podcast about changes to divorce laws. From next Wednesday, couples will be allowed to leave each other without forcing blame, meaning they can split far more amicably. Shelley, which isn't her real name, split from her husband after 30 years. She's told me how the current rules have made things incredibly difficult. We ended up having various mediators.
4: Uh, The process was particularly difficult because it wasn't a clear cut. It's your fault, you know, um, if someone has an affair or, you know, it's, it's a case of, right, well, you've done wrong. It's your fault, you know, and that's how it goes. But when I think marriages come to a close and it's no one's particular fault it's really really hard to find the reason the real reason why you've got to this point um and I think it's very painful it's painful regardless of of the reason but I just think when you have no fault you have to make up reasons um to satisfy the court and to do that it's can do nothing but cause pain because you're essentially having to perhaps bring up things that that have happened, but you have to, A, bring it up, which perhaps you wouldn't want to necessarily do because it's going to just cause more animosity. Um, But B, you have to um, make it relevant enough so the court will pass it. And so it just feels more hurtful than it needs to be.
0: Yeah, people who feel that they've been done wrong, they probably yeah. do want that recognized to make them feel a little bit better about the situation as as better as they can do. But, yeah. but when there is no no wrong, it would have just made that process simpler for you, would it, to to be able to say, look, we've we've grown apart, this is what's happened, yeah. and we have a divorce, please.
4: Yeah, exactly. Because you you can then, you know, focus on what's important about going forward rather than looking back and trying to think of reasons, nitpicking excuses and, um, you know, horrible things to satisfy the court, not to actually keep things amicable. it, it, it I think it just causes more animosity. It's completely
0: unnecessary and I think it's a good thing that the the laws are changing. Well, new research has shown that people are specifically waiting for those new rules to come into force to make things easier for themselves and their children. A rundown building that was unlawfully turned into bedsits in Margate is going to be transformed into a hotel. The councils approved the work for the Grade 2 listed property in Marketplace. Developers say there are very few original features left, but they do hope to restore the layout and keep the rooms as large as possible. And George Ezra's made it an incredible seven weeks at the top of the Kent Top 40 with Anyone For You. Charlie XCX Beg For You was a non-mover at number two while Jax Jones featuring Emonique stays at number three with Where Did You Go?
1: Kent Online Sports
0: Football first and it was a massive win for Gillingham at the weekend as they moved further from the League One relegation zone. They beat Accrington Stanley 2-1 away from home. The duels were 10 points from safety when Neil Harris took over as manager at the end of January. They're now four points clear of the drop zone. He spoke to us after the final whistle.
5: We knew it was going to be tough today. Uh, We knew we'd have to stand up physically. And I've got to say, for the majority of the game we did, there was a few choice words at half-time from myself about our lack of quality and the physicality of a couple of players that didn't didn't do enough for me first half. But uh, key moments, goalkeeper, key moments, great saves. Other end, two clear-cut chances. We put the ball in the net, and and it was about scoring goals at the key times and winning games. And, and today, uh, credit to my players for finding a way. Goalkeeper man the match for me. And I thought it was excellent. I thought my centre forwards were really good, and goalkeeper was excellent. Um, i let the rest off in between because they've, they've been very good since I've got here. Um, but you know, in key moments, you need your goalkeeper to stand strong, and, and, and he did. Uh, and centre is Charlie Kelman uh, I've talked about before, he's got the ability to score goals at this level, I, I, I believe if he's got the confidence in himself and, and, and Big V he's a handful and just showed his aggression and what he's about uh, going up against the young goalkeeper.
0: Well the manager there just mentioned him so let's hear from goal scorer Charlie Kelman. It
5: doesn't matter how we get three points at the end of the day, no one's going to remember the game, they're just going to remember the scoreline three or four weeks' time. You know, Every game that we play we need three points now or picking up results so at the end of the day we win today, go again next Saturday and keep going until we're at the end of the season. Also, a Tough task for us because Atkinson's home record has been really, really good of late and to come here and take all three points, um, what's the mood like in the dressing room? To be fair, the gaffer didn't tell us the though. he wanted us to just focus on the game which is good but you know, we were buzzing but at the end of the day we were also disappointed that it you know, wasn't we we the best performance but three points, that's all that matters in this football.
0: Another huge game at the weekend. The Jills travelled to take on Sunderland on Saturday. And in cricket, Kent's Zach Crawley struggled with the bat as England were beaten by 10 wickets in the final test against the West Indies. He could only manage seven and eight runs in their two innings in Grenada. The result means England have lost a series 1-0 and now gone five series without success for the first time in their history. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. To do it, just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe.